Just a heads up, the keyboard tapping is thunderous on the microphone. So no emailing while being on our podcast. I can handle that responsibility. I, am, uh, I unplugged the other monitor too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Pop 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 Podcast. That was awful. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I am the Idea Lemon co-founder and co-host of this show. I am joined by my co-founder and co-host, Martin McGovern. This is the conversation show where we have kick-ass conversations with dope-ass people and dope-ass conversations with kick-ass people. What I mean by that is every episode we're with an artist, entrepreneur, or musician talking about a pressing life question and exploring it to help you learn, to help us learn, to help everybody learn so it's a win-win all around the board. In this episode, we sit down with our new friend, Mike Malloy, CEO of Waveborn. Waveborn is changing how you see the world with their line of sunglasses. And we ask the question with Mike Malloy, what does it mean to struggle? And this is a really interesting episode because Mike's going to share a lot about what he's actually going through as a business owner right now, as a CEO of a company, because quite honestly, he is struggling and he's very open and honest with what he's going through right now in his business and in his life and really what it means to you know, damn near hit rock bottom. And in turn, we get really honest about where we're at with the state of idea lemon. Because a lot of times you see entrepreneurs out there, you see people out there, everything they put out looks like it's always awesome, but it's not, this isn't the Lego movie. Everything is not always awesome. And this is our attempt to pull back the veil, break down that fourth wall, and really share the struggles. Before we dive in, I have to just do a quick plug for idealemon.com. Go there if you do not already. Subscribe to our newsletter. You get alerts for every episode that comes out when we release it. We also talk a ton about developing a personal brand that is just straight up money. We talk about building a career you love. We talk about taking ideas, taking action on those ideas you have. You know, you're always like, I have a million ideas. I just need to get started, but I don't know how to get started. We explore all those limiting beliefs and we break down and show you the systems to get forward, move forward, and I guess live a dope life is what I'm trying to say. Without further ado now, let's dive into our conversation with Mike Malloy, CEO of Waveborn, asking the question, what does it mean to struggle? Let's listen in. Perception is highly successful company, hangs out with Troy What's Where's the gap between what people see and what's actually going on? Yeah, so, you know, taking a look at the Waveborn origin story, the company was founded back in 2010 uh, at Maryland. Uh, I was not the founder, I was actually the second employee. So Jonathan Schill had started it while he was getting his MBA, and at the time I was full-time working for Deloitte Consulting as a technology consultant for the government, and they paid for me to get my master's at Georgetown in computer science. And Waveborn kind of became... Uh, a fun side project, kind of a nights and weekends hustle when I joined in, in the summer of 2011. And for about a year, Jonathan and I worked on it part-time. Um, you know, we weren't necessarily selling a lot of sunglasses, but yeah, we sold some to our friends and family. And you know, from the beginning, there was this social mission baked into the DNA, uh, very similar to Tom's shoes. We had a buy one, give one model where for every pair of sunglasses sold, we donate a pair of prescription reading glasses. 
Uh, over time, that mission evolved to focus on changing how people see the world, and we now partner with Sea International to fund cataract surgeries uh, in the developing world. I actually just met with the president of Sea International this past weekend in New York. Um, so we started with one model of Italian sunglasses in three colors. That has kind of incrementally grown over time to I think, 10 styles and then 25, and right now we've got about 100 different styles of wave-borne sunglasses. So, uh, you know, it has been um, exciting to kind of add more styles each year. And, you know, I think to the, the outside world, the company is, there's a lot of cool things that happen on Facebook and, and positive things that we share. Um, but over the past few years, we've had uh, a lot of rough patches, um, usually because of money, almost always because I mismanaged money or thought we were going to sell more than we did or thought investors were going to invest money sooner than they did. Or um, Yeah, I've learned a lot about uh, that part of the business. And uh, you know, my background is in computer science. I wouldn't say I ever took a business class or accounting or anything like that. So it, it took me a couple years to to understand the seasonal nature of the sunglass business. What's an income statement and a balance sheet? How do they factor into cash flow? Um, cash flow it turns out is really important. You're supposed to have money come in every month because <laughs> you get bills every month. But even when the, the cash doesn't come in, they keep sending the bills. So it's a little, a little off balance. Ooh, a lib. Oh wait, that's a bill. <laughs> nice so um, I think what what's interesting with this is the idea that I, I think with a lot of things that anyone tries is we don't necessarily know what we're signing up for at the start which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's just the reality and it's like a cliche to, see like, to say like well you should have known what you were signing up for but how could you and how could you let that I mean what I'm saying is how could you possibly ever know everything you're signing up for and on top of that that's not something I think should prevent people from diving in head first into something or even like pursuing something and I think your approach is the same as our approach was it started as a nights and weekends hustle and then you were like well this looks like it has potential so now let's go all in on it not I've got an idea and I'm just going to drop everything the second I have an idea Exactly. Yeah, I kind of spent a year on it and had validated that there was at least a potential for this thing to work out. Um, I also had about $10,000 saved from an engagement ring that I didn't buy. So that was... Um, I basically finished grad school, quit my job, and rented a beach house for the summer. Um, so summer 2012 was pretty pretty epic in Dewey Beach, Delaware. Um, and then kind of came back to reality slash Washington, D.C. after the summer and realized I was running out of money and... Um, needed to figure out what to do over the winter, so I got involved running a, a co-working space in D.C. for two years, and that Christmas we raised kind of our first $25,000 from friends and family, which was fantastic and, you know, really um, helped me to, to to stay alive, and what it actually led to was a month-long trip to California. So I know you guys just did a, a crazy road trip all over the, the country. I, I spent like a month going from San Francisco to Palo Alto, visited Facebook, uh, met a guy, Lewis, who would turn out to be our lead investor and uh, invest several times over the past couple of years uh, at Facebook. And then I went down to Santa Barbara, met Sea International, who's now our, our charity partner. Uh, played a little beach frisbee, also met with some stores, some other investors and folks. And that trip was a big turning point, I think, for the company. 
from from the time that you started with Waveborn to where you're at now, so you said like, oh, you know, cash flow and income statements, and you know, you never went to business school, so you didn't know about these different things. Um, how much has your role changed from like the start to now? My role has changed so many times, and like I kind of started as the director of business development. What well, shit? That's not true. Uh, for the first month, I was the website guy. I was hired to do all the tech stuff because I was the master's in computer science. And it took me like three weeks to realize that I hated it and was bad at it and I don't ever want to program again. <laughs> so Waveborn's third employee was Mike Forget, who was my undergrad computer science lab partner. Um, so he worked for two and a half years with us with a, a day job and a wife and a child um, doing all of that. So I was the director of business development, working on sales and partnerships. Um, we did a crowdfunding campaign that I led with another guy, Mike McCormick, who was our fourth guy. Um, so leading a campaign, was that was a whole phase of business. Um, at one time, we had like 80 part-time interns that I was all managing and trying to oversee, and that was just a, a crapshoot. I, I really didn't plan that one particularly well, but learned a lot about HR things and how to build remote teams and how it's very hard to get communication and buy-in. Uh, I've led some technical development projects, you know, I've learned if we're going to use a new software, I have to adopt it to get other people to adopt it. We've done different project management tools. We spent some time on Podio where we use like the, the RACI method of responsible, accountable, consulted, informed, and kind of four levels for each project. And I learned how to put people in those buckets and have weekly sales calls with the sales team. Um, you know, I have been a sales rep myself, pounding the pavement, knocking on doors from Ocean City, Maryland, up through Dewey, Rehoboth, and the whole Jersey Shore. You know, last summer, I think I did that lap like six times, you know, in my car full of sunglasses, trying to sell as much as I can and pay for gas and food along the way. Um, we've done trade shows. Uh, I think 2014, we did like seven trade shows. Um, so setting up booths, talking to people there, giving the pitch. Um, that was... Uh, definitely a, a good part of the business, but it also took a lot of time and money. This year we did zero trade shows. Um, we are tentatively planning to go to the PGA show in January, uh, which will be our, our first one back there. But my role has also evolved from a, as a CEO to someone who spends half my time pitching to investors and uh, you know high net worth individuals that want to own a portion of the company that believe in me. A lot of it, a lot of the money that's actually come in has been from friends and family. You know, folks I've known for several years. Uh, we've got a lot of Boston College and Georgetown investors, but half of our investors all went to Georgetown. Um, so you know, that's been a fantastic community. It's been very supportive of of me and the company. Uh, and I've worn a couple other hats this summer. Most recently, as we signed the Troy Aikman deal, you know, I spent two months learning how to negotiate sports athlete contracts and legal redlining documents back and forth, and how you can change one word and everything changes in the whole deal. Uh, wow. That was that was brand new to me, um, but uh, you know, an interesting process to go through. And I also an or do not mean the same word. Huh. <laughs> oh, Depends on what your definition of is is. <laughs> but no, I, that's it just blows my mind the number of things that you just listed there. You know, sales, negotiation, contracts, trade shows, crowdfunding, project management, tech development, HR, investor pitching, like all of these things that you had to learn on the fly and kind of become part of your role. I think when a lot of people start their side project or start their company or, 
or whatever it is that they're dreaming of being an entrepreneur, they sit there thinking, oh, I get to just do what I want every day. <laughs> I get to do that one thing that I really enjoy every day of my life, and I get to be successful from it. When that's just completely not true. I mean, we've had conversations where we're like, all right, well, you're the sales guy, and I'm like the more behind-the-scenes guy, but really, at the end of the day, we're everything. Yeah. And, it, you know, I had a two-and-a-half-hour conversation on Saturday night with my brother, who's a lo- an entertainment lawyer, and my dad, who has had his own consulting business for many, many years. And we just talked about taxes for, like, two-and-a-half hours. and Sounds how awful. And how <laughs> we're just like, nothing I'm doing is correct. <laughs> it's just like, and, um, you know, I, now I have a spreadsheet that I'm going to use as a basis for, some, for our tracking and all these things. It's, you know... You know, I sat there and I did get to do some design over the weekend, but I also spent a good chunk of time thinking about taxes and spreadsheets and tracking our, um, you know, income and stuff. So it's 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 amazing the uh, the way people think about it. It's like, oh, I just get to design every day. Well, that's that's just not true. It's there's so many things that need to get done. And even at the same time, though, like that's all true. But I actually remember in college thinking. Nah, I would never want to start my own business because I don't have to worry about like figuring out someone's benefits package. Mm-hmm. And like that's a stupid thought to have because we don't even figure out our own benefits package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nor do we have Wait, benefits. You guys have benefits? Do you guys have health insurance? What is that? <laughs> Barely, and not through the not because of our business. That's for sure. Uh, Basically, because we don't have yeah, because we don't have employers anymore, <laughs> we have the lowest common denominator. Yeah, too bad about government funded. Yeah, too bad I didn't do this when I was still under twenty six. Yeah, exactly. But like, so I remember thinking, ah, oh, no, I'd never want to start my own business or be an entrepreneur because I don't want to figure out that stuff. But that, in retrospect, is like, well, like shut the fuck up, younger Raj, because all that stuff it starts to just happen on the fly as you start to gain enough success to even think about those things in the first place. But like, really, when you're starting it's like about two things it's like uh, what are you going to do to like survive tomorrow really yeah. and, it, and it could be any number of things like figuring out taxes or figuring out design or writing or pitching an investor or whatever but it really is like what do I need to do to see tomorrow happen well and that's kind of what I'm curious to know about the business you built because you guys have been around for, for years and you know with us we're still you know working on the, what's happening tomorrow but, you know, there's certain things that you're not thinking about today because you're just trying to get tomorrow done. But the things that you're not thinking about today could impact you a year from now. So, like, the tax stuff, we haven't talked about taxes at any point in the past few months. But that's something that at the end of the year, if we're not doing our quarterly stuff, you know, that, that really does impact you. And so are there, like, big surprises that maybe you're like, oh, we'll think about that at the end of the year or we'll think about that at, when we get to a certain level that maybe you should have thought about earlier? Definitely, and you know, on the taxes piece, I have a tax guy, and I can introduce you to him. And that—that's like one part of the business that I knew I was never gonna be. I don't, I don't want to learn taxes. I know it's a thing; <laughs> we got to do it. But like, I, I talked to Ryan and send him the documents, and he kind of files stuff, and we pay taxes sometimes. Um, <laughs> well, one thing you'll find though, if your business doesn't make money, they can't really tax you that much. So, like, if you're not profiting, um, that—that's one perk of not having been profitable for the past three years. So. Sure. <laughs> you, gotta t- you, you, gotta, don't, you don't lose more money. <laughs> we got to take the perks where you can go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The government has not come after me in the last year. So <laughs> something is going right here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think as the business has grown and we've added different areas, something I've tried to do is find people that are smarter than me in those areas. Like, I'm not an expert at anything, but I'm 
very, very good at making friends and finding people who are experts and you know, having calls with them to learn from their experiences and, okay, hey, how do we do these taxes? Like last fall, I learned like Accounting 101 from Aronson Accounting Firm, and it was after I pitched a group of investors and I used some vocab words in the pitch that very clearly I did not know what like EBITDA meant or uh, <laughs> net, net income, and, and they were like, do you, like you're saying words and you're not remotely right, like it's not what that means, we're not going to give you any money, you should learn this. So, so I learned <laughs> At it. At no point during that incoherent trip <laughs> did you say anything that even remotely resembled. Simple no would have sufficed, thank you. <laughs> oh man. Well, and, and I'm kind of curious though with, um, so we've definitely taken an approach that's um, more informational and service-based uh, products and, and services, obviously. But um, with having actual physical items that you're selling, how, like, how much does that kind of change the mindset? And you, know, you said you had to deal with like, inventory and things like that. Yeah, so it's a huge differentiator for Waveborn among all the other startups and especially the tech startups that we hang out with. Like we have a physical good. We buy it at a certain price, we sell it at a higher price. Um, we do have to manage where the sunglasses are stored. Right now, the majority of them are in my living room. I showed you guys earlier. Uh, you know, For a couple of years, we had a fulfillment center that would do the pick and packing. Now I'm doing the shipping. We've had uh, interns and other team members do fulfillment. And you know, looking to 2016, you know, we're gonna need to get the sunglasses back to somebody else so I don't have to ship them all the time. Uh, what does that look like? How do we structure it, how much rent do we have to pay where the sunglasses stay, can they stay places for free and you know, only have to pay when they get sent out, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, whoa, lost my, lost my headphone there. Um, what's funny for us, or I guess not funny, but what we've always found interesting is like we hit points with ideal and then like as Martin mentioned, service-based, information-based stuff. And this was not even like, this is probably a few weeks ago. We were like, man, this would be so much easier if we were just selling a straight up product. Like I wish, like I was like, man, I just wish we like had like a yoga mat and that's what we were selling or something like that. Um, but the fact is like, I think like in anything you're doing, there's always a grass is greener scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it could be like you hate your job and you want to leave your job. So it's like, oh, any other possible job is out there is a grass is greener scenario. It could be like, I don't know. I want to. Freelancing is better than my job. Yeah. An actual company is better than freelancing. Uh, turning my company into an actual business that's basically just my old job. Yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff, like grass is greener, ends up happening. I mean, one of the things that we've started to see, um, I think, in just meeting more people in the entrepreneurial space, is that there's always something that's happening that no one is privy to because it's just not. I mean, you know, generally people aren't going to be leading with like, yeah, here's what's the number one thing that I'm struggling with. Yeah, <laughs> leading with the struggle. <laughs> but might be a yeah, new so with, with that in mind, I will lead with the struggle. You know, yeah. I haven't had any money in a bank account for like 56 days. Like it's been in the negatives. And, you know, that has been a very real struggle for me and for Waveborn. You know, there's lots of bills that we have not been paying and there's phone calls literally every day from people that I owe money to that I don't have to pay them. You know, that is a real struggle and something that can be very challenging and also, well, it's, it's emotionally draining, you know, to know that every day there's a period of the day where I got to have really tough conversations and I still can't do things. And, you know, like I have 
there are days where like I can't leave the house because I haven't had enough money to like pay for fifteen dollars of parking at the office. Like I don't have cash, like so I'm just gonna stay in. Or I went uh, up to Baltimore last week and don't have any plastic that works, and that was the only way I could pay for parking, so I just parked and got a thirty dollar ticket because that was the only way I could leave my car there. So, well, I have to pay that for like a month or two. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's like, I mean, what we have not hit yet, and I hope we don't, is is that level, I'm just going to be real, I hope we don't hit that level of, of financial burden. Um, but also, and this is where I think, where we say like, oh, grass is greener, but yeah, at the same time, look like, so we are an information service-based business, that means we have no overhead, right? So like, there's basically zero operating costs on our end. No, I mean, there's there's the online stuff, but sure. it's, it's nominal. Yeah, but, but like we don't have a warehouse, right? No. And we don't have packing and shipping costs or things like that, which are the realities that you're dealing with. And like, and that's stuff that like when you look at someone's business, like we look at your business, and until you know we exchanged emails last week or whenever it was, I was under the impression I was like Michael Malloy is a millionaire, <laughs> and I think that's probably what a lot of people's perception is because we don't see this side of it. And that's why I like that this is what we're talking about the show. But then conversely, on our side, like what's tough when like while we may not have that level of financial struggle and i hope we don't is this kind of things that we face are getting people to really like recognize like because it's not something that's tangible that they can point at and like that to get people to be like oh okay yeah that makes sense you're doing that and so we have to deal with a perception issue a lot of people thinking we're like slackers and that, oh, we just quit our jobs because we just want to have this, like, never going to work again in our lives mentality. Mm. The reality is, I think we both work harder and more efficiently than we ever had at our actual jobs because it's something that we, you know, are more personally invested in, both emotionally and financially. But our struggle is on, like, the perception side and people thinking we're just these, like, jerk-offs who don't know what they're doing and are just like, la di da di da life is great all the time. I mean, and as accurate as that may be. <laughs> no, but uh, I think what you're kind of getting at there is the amount of emotion and self-worth that's tied up into your business. Yeah. Like, yeah, if someone, you know, says something about Idealum and they're saying something about us. Right. And if someone says something about Waveborn, they're saying something about you. And, uh, you know, you said it's been really emotionally trying lately. What what sort of are those emotions that you're, you've been going through? and? Like, how, how attached are you to the business, or maybe separate are you mentally from the business? Or emotionally, I guess. Both mentally and emotionally, I'm, I'm incredibly attached to the business, you know? This has been my life for the past half of a decade. You know, I'm 29, when I look at my 20s, I spent half the time starting, building, running, growing, failing, trying to build again, sunglass company, you know? And I think... The majority of our customers know me in some way, shape, or form, you know, and there's the the connection that, I, you know, I feel to them, and there's a lot of people that are happy and love the sunglasses and, you know, wear them all the time, and that's great, but there's also, you know, people that don't like the company or don't like me or, you know, that's a, a, a struggle as well, um, and I think... Um, for me, it's it, it has been very difficult to separate Mike Malloy and Waveborn uh, on several levels, and I'm getting better at it. I think part of it is kind of just using compartmentalization. And, you know, I block off certain parts of my day and my time to, to focus on Waveborn things, and 
have other time that I'm, you know, an entrepreneur in resident at Georgetown and working with college students and sharing my experiences and trying to help them with their companies. I, I'm also coaching Georgetown's Frisbee team, which is something I love doing and nice. uh, uh, get, gets me, uh, you know, out of the office and, and you know, Frisbee is a sport that I love. I don't know how much you guys, you know, I played for like 10 years and um, traveled around the world. I went to Dubai earlier this year for the World Championships of Beach Ultimate Frisbee. I played with Team Kenya. Because I'm wow. Kenyan, uh, well, I guess for podcast listeners, I'm a small, pale Irish man. Uh, <laughs> Wait, but you're part Kenyan? Uh, yeah, it's the freckles, actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> Just the freckles. <laughs> that went a little overhead, didn't it, Raj? <laughs> there we go. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I, I guess what's nice though is at the very least you're still able to compartmentalize a few things like if you're the frisbee coach that's your time when you're not like Malloy CEO of Wayborn at least you know for that hour or two hours in the day which um, I don't know if I have that same because I do other things as well like I'm a musician and I do yoga but I kind of nice. feel like in everything that I do I'm still Raj of Idea Limited and I try and bring everything into the fold and I actually enjoy doing that um, my, my thing is more like and we've talked about this before Martin how do I like not think so deeply about the business at all times and maybe that's a good thing that we do <laughs> but it's, it makes it insanely hard to step back and like do the 10,000 foot here's where things are because mm. when you're emotionally invested in it it obviously damages decision making probably in a bad way more than more times in a good way um, real but, quick I think on, on the on the decision making piece I think and something I, I deal with every day is kind of decision fatigue and like there's so many choices that I need to make both in running the business and even my personal life that by six or seven o'clock, I'm often like exhausted from all of the, the decisions. And, you know, I think one thing that entrepreneurs and people that are struggling can do is, is try to prioritize, you know, one to three big projects every day and like know the night before, hey, this is what I'm working on when I wake up. And like, don't check your phone or go on social media, read your emails right away. Just go and work on, you know, a couple of the biggest, most important things on your plate, whatever that may be. It changes from day to day, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but that allows you to get uh, important things done. It also, I find, gives me satisfaction at the end of the day when I can look back uh, and know that, hey, I accomplished those three big things on my to-do list. Like, this podcast was one of them for today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and even on our end, like, that's what we we want. We're, we're now taking, now that we're doing this next season three of the podcast, is um, just stacking the episodes on this, like, you know, two or maybe three episodes in a day. Instead yep. of trying to convince ourselves, hey, we'll talk to Mike for an hour, hour and a half. Then we'll go and settle in at our office or wherever we're going to go work. And then we'll go, we're teaching a workshop tonight. Instead of trying to like fool ourselves into being like, yeah, we, you know, we have 45 minutes free. We'll actually sit down and talk about the website updates Martin made or whatever that stuff is, you know. Which like, we're going to talk about. <laughs> or like, yeah, we'll figure out the branding work for whatever, you know, that needs to happen or for the course that we're building, that stuff. Instead, instead just be like, let's not kid ourselves and let's just do like our quote unquote speaking thing. So it's like we have this podcast with you right now. 
we're talking to someone else in like three hours or two hours and then we are teaching a workshop tonight. So any, like we're just doing all the speaking things. Yeah. Anything above and beyond that is, is great. Yeah. But it's not, <laughs> it, we're not going to beat ourselves up if we don't get there. And I think uh, that's something that definitely is hard to separate. Because even, even though I've done like the three things a day sort of a, a, a mindset, you know, if I don't get to the other five things, I still feel bad. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, I, I think I said it at the end of our road trip. I'm like, you know, I feel like I didn't get a lot done on this trip because we were always distracted doing things. But those things were still part of what our overall business was. So yeah. while I didn't feel productive because I wasn't sitting behind a computer for eight hours a day, doesn't mean that we weren't getting things done for the business. And I, I think that that's kind of a hard thing to, to mentally step away from, especially if you come from the nine to five world where, you know, you sit there and, you know, being at your computer at 8 a.m. and leaving your computer at 5 or staying late is the mark of success in that world. Sure. It's like that is what the bosses are looking for. If you get up and take an hour lunch, they're going to notice kind of a thing. And so your productivity or your, or your like worth of the work you've done is more so tied to are you at your desk, whereas in this world, it's not, that's not the marker at all. The marker is, well, what are the results you're getting yeah. from what you're doing? Well, and that's what makes it so... Um, that's like a mental thing that I think anyone who steps into any type yeah. of entrepreneurial field has to has to realize is like you're creating your own benchmarks essentially, and there's no one telling you good job mm. or like hey you know you, well, there, you, you did great on those reports or whatever it is. There can be people, uh, and this is something that I'm learning in kind of working with our advisory board, you know, that do tell you great job, and that we can kind of create things and have some feedback loops coming and I found that to be to be helpful. I also think when you jump into the world of entrepreneurship, you know, you define success both on a daily, monthly, annual basis, you know, what are the goals you want to achieve and it does take time and planning and and really thinking through your life whether you're, you know, 22 or 25 or 40, you know, um, or even older, but I'll be honest, I don't know what it's like when you get that old. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you do you know, know what it's like at twenty nine. You know what it's like to be forty. <laughs> I, I see what it's like. Well, my sister is uh, is around that age. She's got okay. five kids, right. and I can, uh, you know, I enjoy being an uncle. That's that's enough for me for right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh no, I see what you're saying there, where you can get like those feedback loops going, but uh, at the same time, um, because it's pretty much like all on you, like you've got to create like the environment. So yeah, like you could go into an office at like. 8, 9 a.m., leave at 5, 6 p.m., and convince yourself, I got a lot done today, but I, you know, I know my last job. I like, checked emails for six Right, hours. yeah, my last job, like, there were plenty of days where I know, like, an hour and a half, I would just watch YouTube videos, and I know I haven't done that since, but it's still hard to be like, oh, I accomplished a lot, because there wasn't, like, a thing I checked into and checked out of, and it's kind of like we determine on a daily basis what time do we start working, what time do we end working. Some days it's like three o'clock we're done. Some days we're doing things till ten o'clock or midnight. Um, but it's because there's so much ambiguity in the, in like this area in this arena. It's it's like it's very hard to figure out like am I doing the right things or not? Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll add for folks who are still sitting in that office from eight to six or whatever it is every day. Is, you know, you can spend one of those hours on the internet reading as much about personal development or whatever skills you want to acquire or things you're interested in to, you know, make 
um, well, to make and develop new skills. Like when I was at Deloitte that last year, I spent at least an hour a day reading uh, different books on personal development, on leadership. I read everything Under 30 CEO wrote. You know, Matt and Jared, I know I kind of met you guys through the Under 30 Experiences crew. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> Under 30 CEO was a huge part of my development and, and growing my leadership while still at Deloitte and starting to build Wayborn and, and learning about this whole startup world. So, you know, instead of spending two hours reading, you know, ESPN articles about fantasy football, I'll read one hour and then yeah. do an hour of like other things that add value. Yeah. Because yeah, it takes as much, it takes just as much energy. That's that's what I find out is it takes just as much energy to watch um, a video about you know building your business as it does to watch a TED talk, <laughs> and that's what I find so interesting. Where um, one of the things I've started doing recently to kind of make myself feel better because if I don't, most of the time I just do things, and this is how I was at my my jobs as well, where I wouldn't track what I was doing throughout the day. So it, it wasn't like, oh, I worked from this time to this time on that piece, and then I moved to this piece. I would just get everything done, and then I would look back on the day, and I'd forget what I did. And I'd be like, oh, I didn't get as much done today as I wanted to, because you, know, you said you write those three things down. Well, I wasn't writing down things as I was doing them. And one of the things I've started doing, now that we have to kind of make our own success measures, is every time I'm working on something, I create... I just have an email for each day that I write to myself saying, I'm currently working on this and here's how it's impacting what I'm going to be doing with the business. So I spent you know, two hours trying to learn about MailChimp and watching tutorials and things like that. That's something that normally by the end of the day, I would completely forget that I did, even though it was beneficial and even though I got things done. Um, but now that I actually write this email to myself every day kind of saying, here's what you did. I have this whole paragraph that says, you research these videos on MailChimp for this reason, and here's what you fixed because of it. And that kind of just helps keep me in check about my own success throughout the day. Because I can look at it and say, oh, I watched videos today, or I can look at it and say, I actually was helping my business. That's a good point. I, don't, I haven't even done that. Yeah, it's, it's that detail. It's, well, it's, it's very, detail. well, it's very recent, and I started doing it because I noticed that a lot of people online who do these tutorials and who are creating informational products always are talking about their process. And if I'm not keeping track of my process, when someone asks me, well, how did you do that? I will have nothing to go back and look on. And so this kind of keeps me in check so that I'm maybe not doing double work or having to re-research re something later on. I can just type in you know, MailChimp uh, videos and that'll come up in my email. Yeah. What, um, Martin, what's the biggest thing that you're struggling with right now? Huh. Biggest thing I'm struggling with right now. I really should have prepared that answer. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing I'm struggling with right now is admitting to myself, and I guess this goes back to what I said about the conversation with my, my family this weekend about taxes and everything like that. Admitting to myself that there are certain business-focused things, like the sales side and the marketing ourselves and developing products and all that stuff, we've been really on top of. But the tracking and the prepping for this to become a real full-fledged business that has, you know, statements and, you know, quarterly reports and all that kind of stuff, I think I've been ignoring that a little bit in favor of, oh, I'm going to redesign the website or, oh, I'm going to, you know, spend time on our product development. And I think um, kind of bringing more of that to the forefront and 
confronting basically my fear of it, mm-hmm. um, I think is the biggest struggle right now because it is something that's going to become very, very important, especially as we start bringing on more clients and start actually selling the product that we're developing. Right. Uh, yeah, one, one thing I've found in terms of kind of going through that financial... Um, I don't know. It's part of it's an education part of it. it's like making things more legit, cleaning the books up, all that. Like it's not something you do necessarily for like fifteen minutes every day, but like I will carve out four hours from nine to one, and this is all Excel finance time, and like look at the different bank statements, and you know I use a, a website called EveryDollar.com. Uh, that's one that I recommend for everyone as you know uh, nice. getting better at your finances. If you make a monthly budget. And you track every single dollar that you spend in cash or on cards, or whatever, um, and look at it each month, and you'll see, oh wow, I'm spending you know 500 bucks on booze and going out to bars and restaurants, and I spend zero dollars on a gym membership, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mint.com is really good. Meanwhile, for that, I've too. gained 40 pounds. What's that all yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. Mint.com is really good for that as well. Yep, and um, you know, I think one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give a little finance advice here, even though I'm not in the best position right this minute. I, I think having some defensive things set up, you know, having a thousand dollars in a savings account is kind of the first step. You know, that's your emergency fund for when things go wrong, uh, and then starting to pay off the credit card debt and the student loans and car payments and everything else um, with what uh, uh, Dave Ramsey calls the debt snowball. You kind of put them in order from smallest to largest. And you make the minimum payments each month, but the smallest one, you, you pay more if you can. And when you pay, say you were paying 50 bucks a month on it, it's finally paid off. You take that 50 bucks a month and put on the next one, mm-hmm. you know, and then you start paying the next smallest one. You get that paid off. You put them together and you go to the next one. And, you know, it may take six months. It may take six years, but, you know, that's a strategy that can help people get out of debt, especially uh, 20-somethings that either, well, I know I maxed out some credit cards in college and, and then I did it again in my 20s as well. You know, um, to get rid of that, I'd also recommend to stop buying shots. <laughs> Don't nice. ever buy shots for the rest of your life. They cost like ten dollars and they last for two seconds. Yeah, I did a, I bought a, I remember I, I was like around for everyone. It was Jaeger, and I was like, oh, that was seventy five dollars. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. And and tackling the high interest ones first is definitely key. Um, and one of the things that I just learned this weekend is. Um, keeping your business accounts separate from your personal accounts um, and how important that is for your business and um, just number one just for sanity in reporting anything (laughs) but number two um, from an actual like legal tax standpoint it's really important to like from the beginning keep those things separate if you can yeah and like you know filing paperwork setting up an LLC for whatever company is you know you can do that for less than 500 bucks on LegalZoom.com and you get an EIN number and you go to the bank and say, hey, I want to open a business checking account. You know, here's $1,000, let's put it in there. And if you keep everything through that and you make like a company PayPal or um, Venmo or whatever, however else you're going to get paid, you know, it makes mm-hmm. the accounting process a lot easier. QuickBooks has something, I think it's a few hundred bucks, but it'll tie right into all your bank accounts and you know, can, can help build out those reports. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, oh, 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 what about you, Raj? What's your uh, big struggle? All right. <laughs> yeah, good job. Um, Not sneaking out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, two things. One is still trying to like. I've conquered it for the most part, but there's still like that remaining like eight percent. Feels like it's eighty percent 
or something like that. Um, getting past just like dealing with people who, uh, you know, they just like they try and like troll you essentially. Harsher vibe. Yeah, you know, like bitch, don't kill my vibe, that kind of thing. But like you know, like some like friends from college and that kind of stuff in high school who I don't see that often anymore. So like they don't know the ins and outs of what I'm doing. Um, yeah. But like they'll like see me post like this successful thing happening to our business on Facebook or whatever. And they're like, you know, trolling me with like, are you ever going to stop talking about yourself? That kind of stuff. Like, as much as I can say, like, fuck them. At the same time, it's like, man, like, what do I have to do to just like fucking win this approval already? Uh, well, there's, there's the problem right there. You shouldn't care about their approval. No, and, I, no, and yeah, easy statement. Yes. And for the most part, again, I've gotten past like the 88 or the 92 percent of it. But there's that 8% left where I'm like. Come on. <laughs> You're never going to get my approval, Roger, right? Just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and, and, yeah, like, I agree with you. Yeah, I shouldn't care about their approval. And, again, largely, I've gotten to the point where I don't. But then every now and then, like, something will come up. And it's like, ah, oh, god damn it. That, I had to say that. You know? And it just, like, it, it just kind of dims you a little bit. It, uh, it, it and does. It sticks with you for a few days. Well, so there's a, there's a problem there that it sticks with you for a few days. And, you know, I know... For me personally, like when people unsubscribe from the Wayborn newsletter, I actually can't look at the list. I have found that when I check the 10 people out of 2,000 that unsubscribed, I freak out and obsess over them and our relationship and oh, why, the, you know, for like hours. And that's not productive. And instead, what I focus on is okay, who opened the email? Who opened it the most times? Who's the most interested and engaged? And, you know, how can I focus on my relationship with those people? Yeah. Uh, and there's also in terms of kind of the mindset side of things, like when something bad happens in our life, if, you know, it's a somebody trolling you on the internet, uh, you know, I relate a lot to Ultimate Frisbee, if you drop a pass, a go team scores, whatever, your brain sends some chemicals to your body to process it. It takes 90 seconds for that to go through your whole body. If you're still upset about that thing 90 seconds later, it's your fault. It's because of the story you're telling yourself and you're continuing to dwell on something in the past instead of looking at the future and the next opportunity to do something well. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we always talk about the stories you tell yourselves versus the stories that are actually happening. Well, and if you think about it, it's like, yeah, this is kind of, people say this about politics all the time, where if you're angry at someone else about their political stance, you're really just not secure about your own, or you're, it's reflecting something in yourself, and so there might be something to dig in there. On that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to give up, <laughs> I'm an insecure person, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you know, and I, we, this is well documented. Like, I have a whole album about yeah. <laughs> talking well, about this Well, but that's stuff. that's the whole point of this conversation today is to to look at behind the scenes to to open up that yeah. that cut because you know we we tend to only put out the very best of ourselves online, yeah. and uh, I mean I'm just too insecure not to do it, so all of my posts are anxious ridden. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's I think that that's a really important piece to kind of share both sides of that in order to maybe not win approval but to let people in on the whole situation yeah yeah totally but then i also look at people on facebook who are always like posting like my life this is happening you never want to be completely anyone <laughs> <laughs> too far on either side is yeah bad. so anyway, yeah. So that's like one area that i think i'm just still like working through and then another struggle would be um just on the business side of things, like trying to get down to like what's good, like guaranteed monthly revenue because we have flashes of revenue, 
but we don't have guaranteed, what do you call it, mailbox money? We don't have mailbox money. You never heard that phrase. Yeah. It's a good phrase. It's in your mailbox. You just, you know, you don't have to think about it. It's there. Um, which is what, again, which is what the perception always is of a product-based business like your company, Mike. Uh, but then you even find out with that, there's like, well, shit. Seasonality. Yeah. And I never, w- it never would have crossed my mind that seasonality affects sunglass sales. So we are in the middle of the worst month of the year for sunglass sales. Nobody buys sunglasses in October. The summer's over. We'll see a spike next month as the holidays approach. Like we've sold zero pairs through our website in the past two weeks. Hmm. Zero. Like I've sold a few in person. I'm pretty good. Like when I meet people and they try them on, like I can sell you a pair of sunglasses, but the e-commerce, you know, conversion rate in the middle of fall for sunglasses is not high. I do plan on buying a pair next week, actually. I'm just waiting for the calendar to turn to November. Because someone broke mine in, in Nashville. <laughs> uh, and I will say, every time... I've never, like, not gotten a compliment on my uh, blue beacons. That's what we're all about, man. It's enhancing your sex appeal. <laughs> the Raj Nation just... Just goes full, full front! Oh, God. Full throttle. <laughs> um... But no, like so. Let's let's kind of dive into the, a little bit more like the mental side of these things because I think, yeah, we can talk about like I'm struggling with just some perception kind of issues with some old friends. Um, what was your thing, Martin? Mine's mine's all wrapped up in fear. Yeah. Okay. At the so. End of the day. But you, I think you mentioned like the business. Yeah. Like, yeah. Account side of things, but like, and Mike, you've mentioned the money side of things, but like, there's. What we haven't really gotten into is like the mental anguish that a lot of this <laughs> stuff causes, because you know, entrepreneurship is just a fucking roller coaster, and it's, it's a roller coaster where you don't know where the camera to like smile is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why you're just smiling all the time. And you said that I looked around and smiled. I was like, oh, people taking pictures. Look, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but looking at like what you've kind of mentioned you know, so far. And then even like the email, the emails that we exchanged last week where you were like, here's the reality of what's going on. And here's everything that I would love to get off my chest and talk about. What is kind of like, let's kind of dig underneath like the, yeah, the sales are down, money's bad, all that kind of stuff. But like really, and this kind of ties into attaching yourself to the business, but like, what is this doing to your sense of, I guess, self-worth? Yeah. So it's, it's pulling it down. It has been for, uh, you know, the past couple of months. Um, you know, it is, it's, I, I think mentally it can be trying, but I will say a couple of things I've found that work well to balance that out. You know, one of them is meditating. And so I've started meditating every day, or almost every day. Give me like 20 days a month. Um, <laughs> and you know, that, that break has been good especially after something particularly not good happens, I'll say, okay, let me just take a break. I can play the Calm app and the nice lady will tell me happy thoughts for five to 10 minutes <laughs> and then I can go make a sales call and be upbeat and, and you know ready to go. Um, so, that, so that's one piece, but I think, um, you know, a lot of it is also a feeling of isolation. So like I live by myself in an apartment in Annapolis with, you know, I moved in with a girlfriend about a year ago and we broke up about six months ago. And was that because and it, of the, was it because of business or no? Yeah. I mean, that had a, a not, I mean, it had a large impact on our relationship. Like yeah. when you move in with a guy and then two months later you can't pay rent, you know, that's not a, not an easy winter. I think last winter was the hardest one that companies ever had. And, you know, I've been particularly fearful heading into this winter, 
you know, in three winters, Waveborne has never made money. I've always been broke at some point, and the bills were bigger last winter than they ever have been, and, you know, I'm very, well, I'm scared going into this winter, and we don't have the money right now. I'm trying to figure it out, but, you know, it is um, challenging, and I've been in this apartment with just boxes of sunglasses, you know. And looking at that every day, I don't have a couch or any folding tables with sunglasses on top of them, you know. And that um, that can be challenging. And I think for people who are struggling, it's important every day to like leave the house, just go to Seven Eleven, do something, you know, get out and interact with a few other humans. And sometimes on days where I just stay inside all day, it's it's a lot, you know. Um, so that's part of it. And one other thing that I, I try to have a habit of doing every day is giving away a pair of sunglasses. Uh, that's actually the best part of the day. Um, you know, the, the smile you can put on people's faces and the fact that our whole business is built around giving the gift of sight and, and helping others. You know, I think finding little things you can do every day um, that do cheer you up and cheer up other people. Uh, one practice I've been trying to get better at is writing th- at least one thank you note every night. You can handwrite a thank you note and like, mail it with like a stamp in an envelope. I don't know if people remember what that stuff's like. Um, but, you know, that's a great way to express some gratitude and, you know, try to, you know, be thankful for some of the good things, even if you're also dealing with a lot of bad things along the way. I think I think the kind of the, the key thing here is that I, I think too many people we take for granted is that regardless of the level someone is at, doesn't mean that they can't struggle or that they're not struggling. And that's one of the things I think I've learned over the last year is um, just in, you know, talking, being more closely associated with people in the entrepreneurship world, uh, learning more about myself, about our business, um, is that no matter how successful someone actually is or even appears to be, um, there's always something that is gnawing at someone. And like, it's like that, uh, the, the Drake song started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, you know, like that song came out. You know, like (laughs) fucks with Trey. You know, like that song came out, and my initial reaction was like, "Dude, who the fuck are you? Like, you were on Degrassi when you were ten years old." And then I read this interview that he did, and he was like, "And people want to give me shit for that song, but the reality is, like, everyone has a bottom." I'm just talking about like the point where I had to, like, what I was going through mentally, like I had to get past that, and. like, I owed my uncle some money or whatever it might have been. He was like, this is where I was mentally. This is who I owed money to. And he's like, people can come at me and say, I didn't start at zero. But everyone has a different zero point. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Um, yeah. You know, like, we, we have our, Martin and I respectively have our own zero points, which is different, Mike, than your zero point. And again, the more we have these conversations, the more we see, like, what are the realities that people are actually going through? And, and it, this isn't to say that, like, life is shitty by any means, because it's not. Life's awesome. Yeah. And it's awesome that you say that, even given everything you, you, you know, you've, you've said so far on this podcast, like, that's awesome that you're able to say that. Um, but I think we too often just, we treat people who we see in public eye or just we see more than just if we happen to be sitting next to them as friends as like these impenetrable like sculptures almost, mm-hmm. which is not the case at all. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and I will add that like, my biggest strength is positivity, which I would say certainly helps uh, in dealing with uh, a lot of things that go wrong and, and finding the, the silver lining there. Um, and something I find kind of talking about the zero point, like I thought I had, like we've had, I would say higher highs and much lower lows in running this company over the past few years. 
Um, and the lows have gotten lower than maybe I thought they previously could. But but something I've experienced the past couple months is things have been really bad, real tight on cash. Like the idea of not being able to use plastic for 30 days. Like imagine if you just didn't have any, you couldn't pay for anything online, any recurring things, they all got canceled, you know. But guess what? I'm still alive. Like <laughs> it wasn't the end of the world. Like, okay, you know, they, they shut off the internet for a couple hours and I called my dad and said, hey, dad, I got to make a minimum payment for Comcast, you know, I'll make that happen. And, and beside that, like, so what? I'm behind on, on some things. I'm going to pay people when I can. I'm working to figure it out, you know. Um, and I, I trying to have upfront conversations and be in front of it and say, hey, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to pay you this month. Give me another month. Um, you know, and, and realizing I don't actually need that much to stay alive. You know, give me 40 bucks and make sure I have some gas in my car. I can go buy myself some food and maybe pay for parking if I got to go somewhere. You know, and if I go there, can I sell one pair of sunglasses for a hundred bucks, and that covers my costs, and maybe I got an extra forty bucks for the next day? You know, yeah. I, that's such a great mindset because, you know, um, one of the things in wrapped up in all of this is checking our egos as well, because um, making decisions based on ego tends to take you down courses that you know you're you're doing things that maybe aren't the right decision just because you want to feel good or you want others to perceive you a certain way and things like that. So like right now I'm, I'm living at home trying to build this business. Now, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs live at home, so that's not a terrible thing. I, I feel like I'm in somewhat good company in the world of entrepreneurship, but at the same time, I have, like, I, I have parents, I have take parents that'll take me in. <laughs> it's close enough to the city that I'm working out of. It's everything. It's, you know, it, I almost chalk it up to like commuting to college almost like my college right now is starting this business and what I'm doing <laughs> is commuting there from home um, and one of the things wrapped up in that though is like the ego of like I don't know going out and dating and telling someone you live at home or something like that <laughs> which yep. is terrifying to do but you know I there's two ways you can do that one I when I've done both the fear of just saying well I'm not gonna go on this day because I don't want to confront that that question or you go out and you confront it, and you know it's not as bad as you see as it seems because everyone has had to do something like that at some point in their life. And I think that's why these conversations are so important because just knowing that someone else is at a similar stage as you or has been at a similar stage as you takes some of that loneliness out of it, takes some of that isolation Absolutely. out of it. Because I mean, I'm I'm more introverted than you are, Raj, and and I gotta say, like the isolation aspect of doing this especially back when I had a full-time job that I didn't much care for and this was like the nights and weekends and I literally stopped seeing friends for a while um, yeah. it catches up with you but I feel like everyone goes through those points and you know even regardless if you're an entrepreneur everyone goes through points like that so yeah and I, I would say especially on kind of the, the dating side too like I have over the past several years had periods where like I would only focus on the business for months at a time and wouldn't even go on one date you know and I realized, like, that's not healthy. Like, eventually I want to be, you know, in a relationship, settle down, whatever it is. And, you know, setting a goal of going on one date a month. And at least, like, go have a meal of food with a attractive girl who's in com company you enjoy. <laughs> and, you know, ha have those conversations. And maybe, you know, just, hey, I'm 29 and broke and live in my parents' basement. What's up? That, oh, my God. So I was, <laughs> I got lunch with my uncle and my grandpa and my, my mom the other day. And, uh... It, we were sitting there, and my, my uncle just goes, so how's, uh, how's that online dating treating you while you're living at home? And I'm like, or he goes, what did you say in your profile? I say, hi, my name is George. I'm unemployed, and I live with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I'm Victoria. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Victoria. 
it's like it probably works, doesn't it? I'm like, I don't know, not really, but you know, <laughs> you move on. So it's it's just funny. I think uh, you know, what I've done too that I think has helped me is, um, you know how whenever you meet or you catch up with someone or you greet people or whatever, like, oh, how are things going? And the general approach to that is to be like, oh, yeah, good, you know. Busy. Like, keeping busy, you know, oh. whatever. And it's a very just generic surface level response. And I know Martin and I have, like, made huge efforts to, like, never do that. And that's yeah. kind of, like, one of the core values that we share is is that. But, but even taking it a step further, like, not only say, like, so when someone will ask me, like, oh, how's ideal and I'm going? Or, like, you know, like, what, like, how are things going? A lot of times I make it a point to be like, you know, it's going really well. Like, I'm excited about these. Here's what we're, here's what's kind of holding us back right now. Because then, not every conversation, but there are some conversations that I like where people be like, well, have you thought about this? And I'll be like, no, I haven't. And then we start talking about that. And I'll actually be able to get, you know, good advice or good recommendations for people. I'll be like, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. And that doesn't happen. The you should talk to so-and-so or, or the have you thought about this? And, when, and have you thought about this in a, in a positive way, not in like a you're an idiot, you should think about this kind of thing. Those don't happen. Those moments don't happen if you treat those interactions as like, yeah, everything's great. I'm smiling ear to ear all the time. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, it's also kind of the language that you use, right? If you yeah. if, if you start a conversation, you're like, everything sucks. It's like that. that's just as bad as saying <laughs> everything's great. And, you know, you can say, like, um, I'm really positive and working on this thing. Or you can say, I'm really positive and struggling with this thing. And I think maybe, you know, the word struggle, we're using it here. Mm-hmm. But maybe it is but it is good to think about these things in that way, too. It's like, I'm, you know, you, you said you're a really positive person. And that's freaking awesome because no matter what situation you're in, you're going to be looking for a positive, you know, uh, outlook on it. And so to say, like, you know... I'm really positive about where things are going and I'm working on this one thing. And that's a great answer versus, you know, oh, you know, things are rough right now. Yeah. And yeah. And, go and, I, and I think in, in some of those conversations too, uh, we have an opportunity to really frame the conversation and ask poignant good questions. Like I know in, in every situations, I hate when people say they're busy. I hate talking about the weather or sports teams or your fantasy football. Like that's just bullshit. I don't care. You know, I want to ask mm-hmm. you a deliberate hard question if, you know, I know you sell things or, well, I can't think of a good example, but it's like, you know, what are you, well, here's, a, here's the question. Maybe it's, oh, you know, how are you doing? What are you really struggling with this month? Yeah. You know, and get people to open up, and then you can think, hey, this is a way I can help them. Yeah. You know, like, what is something that they need that perhaps, you know, you're really good at or know somebody you can connect them with or have a accounting 101 template that, or, uh, you know, presentation I can just send you guys and say, hey, this is what the, you know, these things mean. Yeah. Uh, that's a way to develop a stronger relationship with folks. Uh, I've also found, uh, I have what's called the five by seven rule. So when I meet someone new, I want to interact with them five times in the first seven weeks. Huh. So I found that system will develop like a lifelong friendship. You know, you meet them once, that's the first time you want to follow up with an email or uh, a text. And then maybe you read an article and you say, hey, this is, saw this thought of you. Hey, do you have 30 minutes to catch up on week four or five? Hey, I'm going to this event. Maybe I'll see you there. Um, you throw in a handwritten thank you note at any point in there and you're golden. Um, you know, and that's something that I've built out throughout my business and, you know, networking is a big part of it. I have a goal to go to one networking event every week and get three new business cards. And if you do that for 52 weeks and been doing it for a few years now, I know an absurd amount of people in different industries doing crazy shit and I, you know, that, that opens up the potential for 
a lot of things if you can develop relationships with them over time. Yeah, well, yeah, the relationships aspect is huge because that's where, um, that's where like you know, and and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, things have never been like we've never been in dire straits with Idea Eleven because we haven't been in the thick of it long enough. I don't think we or, we we're we're in the yeah we're starting out. Yeah, exactly. So, but we haven't been kind of like dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we won't. But um, I never, or, or I always know. Because I'm, I'm kind of like you, like, like I've always been really good at building relationships with people. That like I know there are certain people who are like a phone call or an email away, who I can like tap on, like tap into as like a resource for something, um, whether business or personal. Like when we were in LA with with uh, D Piazza, and we were just like shooting the shit. He was like, uh, he was, to me, he was like, I think your ability to be friendly with people and develop good relationships is what's going to be able to like really carry you guys through no matter what. And I was like, well, that's good to hear. Cause, and I don't develop relationships with an agenda in my mind. It's just like something I naturally default to. And yeah. that's where like, you know, a lot of the work we do, like Martin will be like, you know, in the basement cranking away for hours. Meanwhile, I went and negotiated us office space in exchange for a podcast sponsorship. That blew my mind. You know, like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and like those are the types mind. of things that I know like, we talk about like stacking your skills in the right way. Mm-hmm. That's the type of stuff where like I know like the stuff he's doing in that same amount of time, I'd be driving my head against the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question: Have you guys done the Strength Finder 2.0 assessment and like figured out your top five strengths? Oh yeah, I don't. Well, I have. I think I, I have. I don't know. I, I think I did it like two years ago. I'm obsessed with personality tests. We've taken all sorts of different things. Nice. What are your top strengths? Um. I know Maximizer, Achiever are up there. It's been a few years since I've looked at it, um, but I could probably go back in the archive and find it. Cool, cool. Um, I, 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 I am, I'm yeah. an INTJ is the one that I focus on the most. Okay, I'm an ENFP. Oh, P or J. Hey. I'm also an yeah. ENFP. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I just went through my Strength Finder last night, and I took it like three years ago, and mine are positivity, futuristic, Individualization, communication, and woo. Uh, you know, and I think. Woo was, was like woo my, that was what? You said woo? Yeah. <laughs> woo was yeah. a good one, and it, it's so far on my list, so far down. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it ties my personality together quite nicely. You know, I'm, I'm good at making new friends and going into the room and actively listening and, and you know, trying to build relationships uh, while also being uplifting and, and helping kind of share my vision for the future, which is often. A lot different than other people's view of reality, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's I think part of the process. And I've been trying to develop my strengths and focus more in these areas. And how can I package them together with Waveborn to to sell more sunglasses, to be more successful, to you know Im- improve certain areas of the business. And I think that's something that is good for everybody. Nice. Now, as we kind of come toward the close here. Um, you you sort of you mentioned earlier briefly that you would give out a free pair of sunglasses or something to to make someone's day, and we've talked a lot about struggles here. So what is the uh, getting a pair of sunglasses moment in all of our lives right now? The the positive in in this conversation about struggles. Oh, okay, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, I think a big positive for me is just the ability to talk to you guys openly and honestly for an hour and feel like I can be myself and talk about all of the things that aren't going right. Uh, or, you know, that is not a... I don't have this conversation every day, certainly. 
you know, so that, that that's a big moment for me. And I think also, you know, hopefully people listening to this podcast, you know, other people out there are, are struggling. The struggle is real. You know, I think everyone, there are areas of your life that you're going to struggle. And what I've learned is this is happening at 29. I'm probably going to keep struggling with shit for the next 40 years. So it's not like the struggle is going to go away, even if there was a lot of money, you know, there, there's still other more money, more things. problems. <laughs> Aka true. And, uh, um, you know, I think it's important that people find folks close to them that are going to love them and support them no matter what, whether or not businesses fail or you don't have money or, you know, you need to um, stay on their couch for a couple of days or weeks as you get things squared away. You know, I'm also moving back to my parents' house this week, which is uh, a strange but I think necessary part of my journey as an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, kind of getting things, things back in order. So, shout out from the other basement. <laughs> uh, I'm still. Can you? I'm still thinking about mine. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, since we've gotten back from the road trip, I've spent a lot of time going back and forth to the city and meeting with people, and I had a bunch of weddings to go to and catching up and all this different stuff. And I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. So I've really, I kind of burnt the candle at both ends since we got back from the road trip. And then this past weekend, I just spent the whole weekend um, basically in, inside and working. I didn't go hang out with anyone or do anything. I, I just, I needed that time to kind of decompress and readjust. And even though I basically worked from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep every day this weekend, I worked on things that I knew weren't insanely stressful. I worked on redesigning the website and doing design stuff, which is almost at one point, at one point I was like called out. My dad was like, all right, here's some advice for starting your business. Don't work all weekend. And I was like, yeah, but this work isn't like the sitting down with the taxes. I'm afraid kind of work. This is the, like, I'm kind of in the zone. It's almost like watching TV for me, except that it has an output, um, which is nice. And so instead of sitting there and watching Netflix for hours, I did something that was positive for the business. Not huge ROI, but really was just nice for me to kind of put myself in a good place, kind of get our site up to a point where I really enjoyed it and enjoyed looking at it and going to it, and um, also kind of helped me recharge my batteries for this week, uh, because I knew we were kicking it off with a really intense Monday. So uh, I I really enjoyed that. Um, I think for me, I just, honestly, I just like every time we... Like it, it, I think when we're in the moment of like working on like how are we going to position the product we're coming out with and all this stuff, like it's frustrating as hell. But then we keep getting a little bit closer, you know. And it's going to take like eight more, <laughs> ten more, whatever, twenty more sessions of like getting pissed off. But it's like well, at least I know I'm getting pissed off for a good reason. <laughs> well, I always I always ask myself every time we finish those conversations, I say we're close. And yeah. I'm like how many times am I going to say we're yeah. close? <laughs> But then, and then also the, yeah, the same token. It's like, I think you mentioned it once, Martin. You were like, "Well, at least the good thing is, I never got this worked up over any of the stuff I did before." Yeah. Like now, it, like it must be like for real if I'm getting this. Yeah. Worked if I up care over this it. much. Yeah. About it, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, that that's kind of my thing with that is that I, it's like I know we're getting close. It's just like. Uh, just out of reach but well, it's, it's it's getting there. it's like a relationship right like if you don't care that she's not coming to hang out on a Friday or yeah. you don't care that she's hanging out <laughs> with her ex-boyfriend yeah it's probably not that good a relationship <laughs> <laughs> alright so Mike uh, we gotta wrap up before we do so we'll do two things here first um, 
I mean, we've talked about Wayborn a lot already, but for our listeners, uh, let them know uh, kind of what, giving, I guess, the pitch on Waveborn and then where they can find you and where they can find Waveborn. Yeah, so Waveborn's mission is to change how you see the world. We're able to achieve that by selling luxury Italian sunglasses and donating 10% of profits to Sea International to fund life-changing cataract surgeries around the world. If you visit waveborn.com, you can learn all about the company and our mission. You can check out all the the great sunglasses. We've got about 100 different styles. Uh, You'll see a nice photo of Troy Aikman there on the cover. He's our uh, official company spokesperson. And um, my email is malloy at waveborn.com. If you want to give me a call, uh, my number is 443-694-1545. Uh, like the Mike know. Jones of uh, the entrepreneurship world. Yeah, just throwing it out there. <laughs> hit, hit, uh, hit me up, happy to talk sunglasses or entrepreneurship, or really th- about the struggle. You know, if you are dealing with some really tough stuff and you know need to get it off your chest, I'm happy to be a sounding board for that as well. Right on, awesome. Um, okay, so then to close out the show now, um, we all gave our good moments. Now let's give the so for the listeners, uh, we'll start with Martin and Mike. We'll close with you. Um, what our, our question for this episode is what does it mean to struggle what's your answer martin uh for me what does it mean to struggle i think it means you care so i really like that point that you just made which is you know i i never really struggled like or when i was struggling it was because i didn't care in my old jobs and in the old things that i had done um this is more of a a struggle because i want it to work i want it to succeed i want it to grow and i think that you know, what does it mean to struggle? I think it means that you care and you're working on something that's important. My answer is that I think a struggle is basically when it's the odds of things not working out outweigh the odds of things actually working out. But to your point, you are doing what you need to do to, to change the odds, to put the odds in your favor. And it's a hell of a thing to try and beat the house, right? But that's what it is. It's like struggling is an effort to beat the house. Yeah, and I would say struggling is you know getting knocked down seven times and getting up eight times. Or you know some people may stay down after the third time, but the more you want to get out of life, the more you want to achieve, and the more work you need to put in, the more failures you need to persevere and overcome from. And I think developing mental toughness to process the struggle and process the things that go wrong and learn so you do it a little bit better next time. But, you know, even on the days where you are lying in bed terrified and scared to look at all the missed calls from people you owe money to, at some point you have to get up and, you know, kind of wipe the dirt off your shoulders and and go face the day and and find one thing, one area you can get a little bit better at that day, get 1% better, you know, and if you do that every day, a lot of things can kind of snowball together and you'll be able to deal with bigger struggles and, and hopefully overcome larger obstacles in the future. I think in that, you just, there's like three songs we could do the outro for when we, <laughs> we, we, when we cut this episode up and put it together. There was a Tub Thumpin' Chumbawamba reference. <laughs> there was an Aaliyah, Dust Yourself Off and Try Again. There was a Jay-Z, Dirt Off Your Shoulder that could be used here. <laughs> you, gave us, you gave us some good material there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna go with some Chumbawamba and would nice. love to get a little uh, Aaliyah in there. R.I.P. <laughs> you, you can mix those songs together, right, Raj? Yeah, yeah. we'll put the baby, <laughs> put the baby Goo Goo Gaga in the background from that Aaliyah song. And anyway, will and remember, everyone, Raj looks 
Raj gets complimented for his sexiness in these glasses all the time. <laughs> Just because it's winter doesn't yeah. mean you shouldn't be sexy. I guess that's the final plug, though, is I, my waveboard, I got a pair, I think a little over a year ago, Mike, and hands down the best pair of sunglasses I've ever owned, and I was a little bit upset they got broken in Nashville because someone stepped on them and didn't and it didn't own up to Why it. Why are you looking at me? I did not step <laughs> no, on them. I was climbing a waterfall. Shots fired. You were busy. I was climbing yeah. a waterfall at the time. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my... Uh, my replacement pair, buying a replacement pair next month. Um, but yeah, there's some kick-ass sunglasses, and every time I wear them, someone compliments me. So for anyone yeah. who wants to be complimented every day, I'd say the waveboard sunglasses are a good approach to that. <laughs> and, and Raj, you may not realize this, we have a full 365-day warranty, too. So even if they're lost, stolen, or broken, we mail you a new pair for free. So uh, I'll, I'll get you a new pair of those electric blues uh, shipped out this week. Uh, and I'll even put him in a autographed Troy Aikman hard case for you. How about oh, that? Oh, shit. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I appreciate that. You just got upgraded. Man. Yeah, seriously. It's like, now it's a Beyonce song. Let me upgrade. <laughs> 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 all right, Mike, thank you for uh, joining us on this. This was, this was good. I think it was cathartic all around. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. I get no doubt, but I get up again. That was our conversation with Mike Malloy. Mike, thank you for joining us, shooting from the hip, straight shooting, and just having real talk about the struggles, sharing your struggles with us, allowing us to share our struggles with you, and together we're able to share our collective struggles with our listening audience and with the larger Ideal Lemon community and anyone else who might listen to this. So just I, I'm really appreciative for the fact that you're able to come on our show and be just brutally honest with where everything's at. But I'm pumped for you and your ultimate Frisbee tournament, so keep on rocking in that sense and keep on keeping a smile on your face. Did you, the listener, like this episode? If so, if so, subscribe to our show. Share this episode with a friend. Help someone else get through their struggles. Help someone else discover their inner awesome. We would appreciate it. To go to the show credits real quick, our show's opening theme is from Sidewalk Chalk. It is called Lyrically Free. It's off their debut album, Corner Store, which you can get on iTunes and Spotify. And especially for this episode, since we talked about struggles, we talked about getting knocked down, this is Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. So ladies and gentlemen...